Hello, and welcome back to Catch Up with JC. I am your host, JC, and today we are going to be talking about my top 10 favorite young adult books and young adult book serieses. That's a fun word to say, serieses. So, little caveat, these are only the ones that I have read, so there are a ton of others that I haven't, but my friends have been like, hey, you should check this out. Sorry, I don't mean to exclude any that you love, but these are the ones that I kind of fell in love with while I was a young adult. They were something to just read and enjoy and engross yourself in. So here we go. My top 10 favorite young adult books and series is. The first book on my list is called Amy and Roger's Epic Detour by Morgan Matson. This is actually a book my mom gave to me that she had read and said that you should read this. You're going to love it. I enjoyed reading it. And of course she was right. I ended up loving it. And it's just a really good coming of age young adult book. So the little kind of synopsis of it is Amy Curry is not looking forward to her summer. Her mother decided to move across the country and now it's Amy's responsibility to get their car from California to Connecticut. The problem is, since her father died in a car accident, she isn't ready to get behind the wheel. Enter Roger, an old family friend. He also has to make the cross-country trip and has plenty of baggage of his own. The road home may be unfamiliar, especially with their friendly, their friendship venturing into unchar- uncharted territory. But together, Amy and Roger will figure out how to map their way. It's a really great book because it really does talk about how even though Amy doesn't have any kind of choice in the moving or she's still reeling from her dad's death, she decides to take a hold of her life on this great trip and takes a detour that she'll remember for the rest of her life. And I like this book because it's obviously a really good book for if you're traveling or you're at the beach and you just want something to read to kind of engross yourself in. But it also has this really cool feature that a lot of other books I've never seen in. And at the end of each chapter, the um, author has made playlists that Amy, quote unquote, created for the trip. Like in each state, there's a different playlist or each part of the story and how it changes. There's playlists talking about that. But It's a great book. I definitely recommend. So, once again, my first choice is Amy and Roger's Epic Detour by Morgan Matson. The next series on my list is the Summer I Turned Pretty series written by Ginny Han, or Han, excuse me. And a little information about this is Belly measures her life in summers. Everything good, everything magical happens between the months of June and August. Winters are simply a time to count the weeks until the next summer, a place away from the beach house, away from Susanna, Suzanne, and most importantly, away from Jeremiah and Conrad. They are the boys that Belly has known since her very first summer, and they have been her brother figures, her crushes, and everything in between. But one summer, one terrible and wonderful summer, the more everything changes, the more it all ends up just the way it should have been all along. That's a cute kind of summary, but I would say it's very, very, very vague. 
Um, the Summer I Turned Pretty series really appealed to me because I love going to the beach. And I remember one time my parents and I went to the beach and I made friends there, but I was a totally different person. It was very odd for me. And then I came home and I thought, huh, I'm never going to see these people again. But that was a version of me I got to find out about. And this series is kind of a reminiscence of that. It's Belly only gets to see Conrad and Jeremiah and Suzanne only in the summer. And it's a time for her to grow because she's grown up with Conrad and Jeremiah and she's had crushes on Conrad since God knows when. But as she finally grows up and becomes a woman, she can tell herself that oh, it was just a crush. He won't ever really love me, so on and so forth. But it's a great series because it pulls you in and it makes you want to ship, basically, everyone. And it makes you think about all these things that really come with knowing another person like that, like knowing someone for so long and loving them for so long and finally them noticing you. But I loved this series. I still have it, and I read it every once in a while, and it's just something that really pulls you in. So there you go, The Summer I Turned Pretty by Ginny Han. The next series on my list is a series that a lot of kids or people my age have read or really, really enjoyed, and that is the Percy Jackson series. I loved this series mostly because I was obsessed with Greek mythology growing up. I just loved the myths and kind of the hard truths that came with it. It wasn't like fables where everything works out in the end or you learn something from it. It it was more like you learned, but you also learned that there is gravity to what you do. For example, the movie Hercules. And Disney, they make it very kind of like, ah, Hercules is the hero, and this, that, and otherwise, and he can do no wrong. In actuality, Hercules was vain and egotistical, but he was a hero. He just used his hero-ness to feed his ego. But that's another story. I loved this series because it also put it in a modern kind of twist, with Percy being someone who was born to Poseidon and his mom and just being able to grow up in a world where I could see someone on the street and go, oh, they're a demigod, of course. But a little information about the first book, which is The Lightning Thief. It says, Percy Jackson is a good kid, but he can't seem to focus on his schoolwork or control his temper. And lately, being away at boarding school is only getting worse. Percy could have sworn his pre-algebra teacher turned into a monster and tried to kill him. When Percy's mom finds out, she knows it's time that he knew the truth about where he came from and that he has to go to the one place he'll be safe. She sends Percy to Camp Half-Blood, a summer camp for demigods, on Long Island, where he learns that his father, he never knew, is Poseidon, god of the seas. Soon a mystery unfolds, and together with his friends, a satyr and another demigod, who is a daughter of Athena, Percy sets out on a quest across the United States to reach the gates of the underworld, located in a recording studio in Hollywood, and prevent a catastrophic war between the gods.
I really loved this series, but it got to the point kind of where it just kept going and I was waiting for that closure. The Percy goes on to live with Annabeth and Grover becomes the world's best satyr, so on and so forth, but just that end moment. And it really never got to that point because I understand that Rick Riordan wanted to keep the series going, keep the imagination flowing, but it's kind of like at some point you gotta close it off. You gotta make it happy and everyone lives happily ever after, or you just close it, basically. Like, for example, the Harry Potter series. If there were as many Harry Potter books as the Percy Jackson collection with the Roman God collection, everyone would have stopped reading, I would think. But because it had that closure of finally the Dark One was killed and Harry and his family lived on and all this great feeling, you're good. Like, done. Happy times for the Harry Potter clan. But with Percy Jackson, for me, it just kept going and going, and I never got that feeling. So I just kind of died off once the um, third book of the Roman spinoff series came out, and I was just, I was kind of like, all right, dude, come on. We need, need that to end. But I loved reading about how he portrayed the gods and the demigods and the creatures of mythology, like the um, Minotaur and the centaurs, satyrs, even the Oracle. Like that was something I loved reading because it really filled your imagination with all these great images. But there you go. Percy Jackson series. I love it. If you haven't read it, read it. You'll love it. The next book on my list is actually one I've talked about before, but I talked about its movie counterpart, and that is the Pride and Prejudice book. So if you have never, ever read Pride and Prejudice, you really need to. It's not just some stuffy book that's like, oh, well, I can just watch the movie and I can understand the whole premise of it. You could, but it's not the same. The book, you get to be a part of the story. You see it from Elizabeth's point of view. You can feel her prejudice and her anger towards Darcy and then her understanding of he's a good guy. And I like that so much more than just watching the movie. You become engrossed in in love with these characters. So. If you've never, ever read it, you really need to. It's one of the best books ever, in my opinion. And Jane Austen just does a great job pulling you in and you just forget how long you've been reading and suddenly you look up and it's five hours later. It's a great series. But there we go, Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. The series on my list is one I really enjoyed because I loved reading thick books as a kid because I gauged thickness as content, which honestly didn't really work out very well for me, especially with the Aragon series, which took forever for me to finish. But the City of Bones series slash Cassandra Clare's The Mortal Instrument series was one I really enjoyed because it had that fantasy but also reality 
to it. Whereas, like, for example, vampires, but vampires who ride floating motorcycles. So it's something you could think of and realistically see in your mind's eye and go, okay, I could see that. Or werewolves that hang out in a Chinese restaurant. It's just something that you can look at and go, I would love reading this, which happened with me. But once again, with the Percy Jackson series, it kind of just kept going for me. And I wanted that closure of Clary and Jace finally having the happily ever after and all the shadow hunters being able to keep doing what they do without some crazy dude who has insane ideas of what should happen in the world coming to take over the world. But (laughs) I digress. So a little information about it is when 15-year-old Clary Frey heads out to the Pandemonium Club in New York City, she hardly expects to witness a murder, much less a murder committed by three teenagers covered with strange tattoos and brandishing bizarre weapons. Then the body disappears into thin air. It's hard to call the police when the murderers are invisible to everyone else and when there is nothing, not even a smear of blood, to show that a boy has died. Or was he a boy? When Clary's first meeting with the Shadowhunters, warriors dedicated to ridding the, wor- ridding the world of demons, it is also her first encounter with Jace, a Shadowhunter who looks like an angel and acts a lot like a jerk. Within 24 hours, Clary is pulled into Jace's world with a vengeance when her mother disappears and Clary herself is attacked by a demon. But why would demons be interested in ordinary mundanes like Clary and her mother? And how did Clary suddenly get the sight? The Shadow Hunters would like to know. This is a great series because, well, one, it had to have been popular enough to sponsor a movie and a TV show, which if you want to watch the versions, go with the TV show. Much more accurate. The movie, I understand that you have to make things interesting and twist a few things around to make it a little more cinematic, but TV shows much more clear to the books. But the characters are just engrossing and amazing and very realistic. Like, uh, Jace is very much of a tortured soul, but you find out why and you can understand it. But he's also just very gentlemanly. And Clary, even though she's said to look like a small redhead fairy, she's got a backbone of iron. Like, she is strong. And she shows it continuously. But there you go. City of Bones slash Mortal Instruments series. Next series on my list is The Ugly Series by Scott Westerfield. I really enjoyed this series because it was very eye-opening in the sense of dystopian societies. So when I was in my English class in, I think, sophomore year of high school, we focused completely on dystopian societies shown as utopian societies. And The Uglies is a perfect example of that. And the little information about it is Tally is about to turn 16 and she can't wait. In just a few weeks, she'll have the operation that will turn her from a repellent ugly into a stunning beauty. And as a pretty, she'll be catapulted into a high-tech paradise where her only job is to have fun. But Tally's new friend, Shay, isn't sure she wants to become a pretty. And when Shay runs away, Tally learns about a whole new side of the pretty world. And it isn't very pretty. The authorities offer Tally a choice. 
find her friend and turn her in, or never turn pretty at all. Tally's choice will change her world forever. And it's a really good series. It talks about how as you grow up, you are told that you're ugly and that it you need to be changed and that the only way to do that is to have the operation to become a pretty. And then once you're a pretty, your life is complete. You've done what you need to do in life. You're done. But then they find out that not everything's as dry and clean cut as that. The uglies aren't ugly. They're just normal humans who have been told, oh, you have freckles. Oh, well, then that's that's terrible. You're not supposed to have freckles. Or your nose is the main feature of your face. Oh, you're disgusting. You have a terrible nose. And they actually make nicknames off of these things, which is kind of horrible, but that's how they were raised to think. They think, I'm ugly. I need to become a pretty so my life is complete where that is the dystopian framed as a utopian. But as you read this series, it becomes cl- more clear and very adamant that that's not how it's supposed to be and that there are a certain faction of uglies who are fighting against that. And it's a great series. I would definitely recommend it if you have not ever read it, but it is one of my favorite dystopian books. So there you go, The Ugly Series by Scott Westerfield. Next up on my list is one that I found pretty late into my teens, but once I read it, I was in love with it. It's another kind of book that isn't typical for me. I was used to romance and supernatural and all this stuff, but this one was there's no magic, there's just the way people are. So a good little biography for The Selection by Kiera Cass is, for 35 girls, the selection is a chance of a lifetime, the opportunity to escape the life laid out for them since birth, to be swept up in a world of glittering gowns and priceless jewels, to live in a palace and compete for the heart of gorgeous Prince Maxim. But for American Singer... America singer, being selected is a nightmare. It means turning her back on her secret love for Aspen, who is a cast below her, leaving her home to enter a fierce competition for a crown she doesn't want, and living in a palace that is constantly threatened by violent rebel attacks. Then America meets Prince Maxon. Gradually, she starts to question all the plans she's made for herself and realizes that the life she's always dreamed of may not compare to a future she never imagined. This is a really good system, sorry, really good series because the whole basis of this kingdom is a caste system where the princes and the royalty are the ones and America is a part of the arts, which are really low down. I think they're about like sixes or sevens. And depending on which caste you're in, is how you're looked at. So for the selection, you can be in any caste in the entire kingdom and you will you could get chosen. It's basically like a lottery. And this competition is all about showing who you are and fighting to get a better life. And it's really a great series. There's Obviously, there's a little cattiness with other women and girls trying to win the prince's heart and all this and others, but it's a great book 
because you learn something about fighting for yourself. Because, let's be honest, America didn't get into it to become better for it or to become any kind of better in the caste system. She had to. It was required that every girl of her age had to sign up. And she didn't want to be chosen. She thought she had her life set. But she found out that she actually enjoyed being around some of the girls. And she liked Prince Maxon. And her life, even though it took a different turn than she expected, could turn out for the better. But yes, it is a romance. I apologize. It actually is a great series. And I, once again, sorry, I'm going to say this a lot, definitely recommend it if you haven't read it really, really good stuff. There you go, the selection series by Kiera Cass. The next series on my list is once again another one that pretty much everyone has read and or seen on the big screen, and that is the Hunger Games series by Suzanne Collins. I really loved this series because, again, it's that dystopian shown as a utopian, but also cast system kind of book and it was great because you see that the different people in the different cities live a different way. For example, District 12 was poverty written and they had no food and they were the coal miners. They were the runts of the caste system. Whereas the people in the capital were living the life of luxury and they had no worries in the world, nothing to worry about. And then the Hunger Games were just exactly that, games. They were like Spartan and crazy games of survival. And people made bets and all this craziness. But a little information about is, could you survive on your own in the wild with everyone out to make sure you don't live to see the morning? In the ruins of a place once known as North America lies the nation of Pan Am, a shining capital surrounded by 12 outlying districts. The capital is harsh and cruel and keeps the districts in line by forcing them all to send one boy and one girl between the ages of 12 and 18 to participate in the annual Hunger Games, a fight to the death on live TV. 16-year-old Katniss Everdeen, who lives alone with her mother and younger sister, regards it as a death sentence when she is forced to represent her district in the games. But Katniss has been close to death before, and survival for her is second nature. Without really meaning to, she becomes a contender. But if she is to win, she will have to start making choices that weigh survival against humanity and life against love. This series is really well known because of the movies, and they did a great job representing the books. But once again, you always lose something when it goes to big screen. You lose the feeling of seeing things through Katniss's eyes. Because in a movie, they can't do a first-person representation like Hardcore Henry, because that would lose the aspect of Katniss's emotions. You would only feel your own. So, oh man, it's a great book, great series, very, very interesting in how everything plays out. But there you go, Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins. Next one on my list is one of my favorite series of all time, and that's called The Vampire Academy. 
So, yes, it is about vampires. Yes, there's romance. But really, it's more about the character evolution of these handful of vampire teenagers and one older one and the battle of surviving and becoming powerful beings. So the little information about it is Lissa Dragomir is a Mori princess, a mortal vampire with a rare gift for harnessing the earth's magic. She must be protected at all times from Strigori, the fiercest vampires, the ones who never die. The powerful blend of human and vampire blood that flows through Rose Hathaway, Lissa's best friend, makes her a dump here. Rose is a dedicated to a dangerous life of protecting Lissa from Strigori, who are hellbent on making Lissa one of them. After two years of freedom, Rose and Lissa are caught and dragged back to St. Vladimir's Academy, a school for vampire royalty and their guardians-to-be, hidden in the deep forests of Montana. But inside the Iron Gates, life is even more fraught with danger, and the Strigori are always close by. Rose and Lissa must navigate their dangerous world, confront the temptations of forbidden love, and never once let their guard down, lest the evil undead make Lissa one of them forever. This is a great series because it does talk about the romance and the magic and vampires and danger, but it really focuses more on Lissa and Rose's friendship and how because Lissa is beyond just a normal vampire and more than just someone who's a part of royalty, she and Rose have a connection that really goes beyond just friendship. It's almost to the level of ultimate sisterhood. And it's a great series to read. It's one that I actually finished. Woo! And that's because there's, I think, about seven books, and it closes out beautifully. It's a great completion of the whole series of all this craziness that happens, but you really become involved with these characters, and you begin to love them. And that's a sign of a great series. And yes, you may not be a big fan of vampire books, and I can understand that. There's actually very few references to like anything vampiric other than, you know, the difference between a Strigori and Mori and Dampir. But that's really the only time they do vampire-y stuff. It's more about the magic and protecting themselves and being good guardians or good vampires and this, that, and otherwise. But it's a great series. Vampire Academy by Michelle Mead. Sorry, Rochelle Mead. Oh, man, I haven't read this series in forever, but it's just one I always come back to because it's witty and it's funny and you just enjoy reading it. But there you go. Vampire Academy, Rochelle Mead. The last book slash series on my list is the Fallen series, and that's actually the name of the first book, Fallen. And this series follows a 17-year-old girl, Lucinda, who falls in love with a gorgeous, intelligent boy, Daniel, at her new school, the Grim Foreboding Sword and Cross. 
only to find out that Daniel is a fallen angel and that they have spent lifetimes finding and losing one another as good and evil forces plot to keep them apart. It's a great book, a great series, because there are a lot of twists that you wouldn't expect. And you just really fight for Luce and Daniel to be together. And you fight for all the fallen angels because there's a good handful of them that are sided with God and sided with the devil. But they all fight to survive. And you want them to finally get that peace and be able to be who they want to be. And I loved this series. I still read it. It's a great one. It's definitely revolved around uh, Luce and Daniel and their many different past lives and their romance and the forbidden love and that and everything else. But you, you become a part of their relationship in a way. You almost become kind of like the person fighting for their love. And you just fall in love with it. It's great. So The Fallen series by Lauren Kate. Great series, great characters, something I come back to very often, but it does border on the supernatural romance. So forgive me, excuse me, forgive me for that, but it's good stuff. So there you go. Fallen by Lauren Kate. And there we have it. This has been my top 10 favorite young adult books and book series. Uh, hopefully you go out and check some of these out. They're really great reads. And if you have any questions about like specifics or anything like that, drop me a message and I'll let you know. But this has been Catch Up with JC. I am JC and hopefully you've enjoyed this segment about my favorite young adult, young adult books. Excuse me. And I will catch you on the flip side.